0: Welcome to Emron's Podcast, episode number 114. This is your host, Suman Silwal. I'd like to welcome Lauren Jones and Ryan James to Emron's Podcast. A month or so ago, they finished Pin Hody Slam. Pin are running three different Pin three different trails, I guess. We'll talk them all about Pin Pinhodi Slam and what is Pin Slam Slams is all about. Welcome to Emron's Podcast, guys. Thank you. How's your recovery going uh, for you guys uh, running uh, pin hoodie slams, uh, three pin hoodie trails, uh, a lot of work. Tell us about how is your recovery because running one, one pin hoodie is uh, hard enough <laughs> that you have like, to do three of them. How is your recovery going?
1: It's going pretty well. Feeling pretty good. Legs are back to normal. Um, I just ran a pretty good little distance this weekend. But yeah, feeling great.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm um, here. I'm actually ready to start training again. For the next big one. So, um, you know, after a few weeks off, you start going back to normal again.
0: So what's uh, what's the next big one for you, Ryan?
2: Um, right now, I'm looking at doing black toe, one of the black toe events in January, either the 12 or 24 hour. But the, the next big hundred will be the Hellbender 100 in April.
0: Nice. Nice. So what about you, learn? Are you planning for any hundred mile or are you retiring for a few months?
1: I uh, can't retire. I like it too much. I'm waiting for the rest of the lotteries to hit. I didn't make it to Western State. um, But I'm waiting to see if I get Leadville, and I'll go from there. But my next thing on the calendar is the Black Canyon 100K in February.
0: Nice. So So where's the Black Canyon 100?
1: uh, It's in Arizona.
0: Okay. I have never run 100K. I would love to run 100K. And I would like to put a name for Leadville. I didn't put it last year. Maybe (laughs) I'll put it this year, so we'll see. So tell us about, before we go very further on this uh, tell us about what is a uh, pin slam uh, I have I have talked to very I know very few people who has done this uh, pin slam let's talk about that uh, let's uh, start our interview from there to just understand what is a spin slam is
2: yeah uh, pretty much you do three different hundred mile races one is in April start off with the double top 100 um, that's at Swart Mountain State Park which uh, pretty sure Lauren that was over a hundred yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if there is an official elevation game of that race either. Um, I think it's close like, to
1: 60,000 feet.
0: 60,000? Oh, 60,
1: yeah, it's close to it.
2: Yeah, yeah I think, uh, yeah, Perry one time like, posted something about how the individual loops were, and I added it up, and it was like 28,000 feet a game, which wow. I don't know if he actually that up yet. But, and then there's, they uh, so have a pretty good time after that, though, before your next one that's in September, that's the Georgia Jewel and then it's uh I want to say six weeks off before you run Pinhoti 100. Right.
0: So on this one um uh, all of them are run on the Pinhoti trail correct?
1: Mostly um, the double top only hits the like Pinhoti connector trail a little bit. It used to be more on the Pinhoti trail I think years ago but the course has changed a bit um and so it's not completely on the Pinhoti like the other two.
0: Okay so double top is the one in April Correct. Correct. So, out of uh, running all this, you get a big buckle at the end, uh, correct? The extra buckle.
1: Yes, big. It's really big and shiny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen that buckle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Bob Water has done it. Uh, He's the only one I know besides you two now. That's a great achievement. Uh, Tell us about uh, running one pin hood is hard enough, like I was mentioning earlier. About recovering running three pin hoodies uh it's, it's must be really difficult and looks like the first one the double top is a really difficult course and sounds like a so tell us about what kind of training you you had to do to achieve such a high goals of running all this three pin slam races
1: oh gosh uh just running a lot of miles and um, i think before double top i um ended up Uh, cutting my mileage pretty far back and i was actually doing a lot more uh like leg strength training like stairs and things like that to prepare for all the climbing um and i think that helped a lot with that course in particular just because it was so much up and down but just a lot of just a lot of miles a lot of training but that's what i like to do so it's really fun i don't take a very uh structured approach to my training either so i'm sure ryan probably has a much more like (laughs) Detail <laughs> plan
2: <laughs> so, uh, <it's> light, but, <laughs> yeah uh this is the first year that i think i actually tried training like a uh, real training <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah this is the first year that i think yeah i've trained every single week of the year it's the first time i've done that with running where i haven't taken a week off uh even with recoveries, but Probably the big thing that I added was doing a, a gym weight day on Monday and then doing yoga on Wednesdays throughout the whole year. Kind of like, I don't know, my body's gotten to a point where I can't run over 70 miles in the week. So that was a way to get in extra training without putting stress on the legs.
1: Yeah, 70 seems to be my magic number where I, I stay healthy under 70 miles a week and then after that it's...
0: It all falls apart <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bad at training. Uh, that's one of the reasons I could not line up for a pin hoodie this year. just just couldn't get that training going. But for 100 mileer, you definitely have to put some training. It sounds like for especially the double top, with the hills and up and down. Uh, how much of the trail training do you guys do versus doing the road training versus the trail training?
1: Well, for me, I live, like, downtown Atlanta. So, during the week, I really can't get to any trails. Um, So, my weekly mileage is all on the road, pretty much. And I try to get to trails for all my long runs um, are on trails. So, I'll drive up to the mountains on, like, Saturday mornings, hit trails somewhere. But I wish I could do it more. But I don't know, Ryan, maybe you live closer to trails.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're in Birmingham, so. We're a little
2: lucky. Um, Yeah, I live within running distance of uh, the Moss Rock Nature Preserve. Mm. So that's my daily run. is usually run from my house, and then I'll do a loop there and then run back home. And then on the weekends, I'll usually spend, like, the Saturday and Sunday at Oak Mountain running around there. But, yeah, one of the things is Georgia has completely different trails than Alabama does. We have switchbacks.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, Georgia doesn't believe in switchbacks, so you, uh, just go straight up and down the mountain, which is good training, I guess. But.
0: Somewhere I heard that they were trying to save money. So the only way they can save money and get the most out, out of that is just go straight up the mountain. So that's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a lot faster, I guess, shorter route. <laughs>
0: yes. So I've never done a Georgia, like those mountains that you guys talk about. I was at the Atlanta area last week, and I just ran the Swanee Mountain. I think that's a, those are the smaller trails, but I've never been to up in north Georgia. I think you have beautiful oh, yeah. mountains up there. So
1: It's gorgeous up there, yeah there's, so, yeah. there's so many miles and miles of trails, and it's just gorgeous. It's a really lucky place to live.
0: So is there, like, well-marked trails and everything over there, or...?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. They're very well marked. Um, of course, the AT goes right through North Georgia. We have the Benton Mackay. We have the Duncan Ridge Trail. Um, countless trails. Uh, but they're all very well marked. Very easy. I go by myself usually. So um, if I don't get lost, you can do it
0: too. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> I tell my running friends, like, oh, we got we to gotta go to Georgia and run some trails. But Absolutely. But, but like Ryan said, we are so close to Oak Mountain and we are spoiled here.
1: Oh yeah. Well, if you ever come to Georgia, let me know. I'll take you out.
0: Definitely, we we definitely need to go and do that. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, this a little bit further. Uh, uh, Talking about uh, your personal running journey, I think that's what I would like to kind of reflect back. Talk about your running journey. Give us a little brief story about how you became an ultra runner.
1: Um, I guess I didn't start running really until um, I was in grad school. Um, and then, know I only ran two or three miles at a time, like five miles was a really long run for me. And then I lived in Baltimore for a couple of years after grad school. And when I moved away, my friend there asked me to do a half marathon with her. And I thought she was insane. I thought that was like so far. And I was like, I can never run double digit miles. That's crazy. Who does that? So, but I wanted to go back and visit her because I moved away. So I agreed to do it. Um, so I went back and ran the half marathon in Baltimore and, um, actually had like a blast, had a really fun time. Um, and then she moved to Denver and so I went back to Denver to run another race with her. Um, and, and instead of doing the half, I did the full marathon that time and just throughout it all, I just had such a blast in training and prepping and just getting ready for it and just like watching, I guess just Realizing, as you went through it, something that seemed like so like insurmountable just wasn't as hard as um I thought it was gonna be, and you know, it was actually doable. Um, and I just really got inspired by it. And um, then I found out about trail races and that you could actually go further than a marathon because I never thought you could. I thought that was like the end all be- all it was a <laughs> full marathon, yeah, yeah,, uh, so then I found out about trail races, and I did my first fifty k trail race in i think it's january of 15 i did the guts fat ass 50k which is a really fun race and that was my very first ultra and it was i mean it was like i couldn't walk for a week after it It was you know a 50k and i was like completely crippled by it um (laughs) but i had a blast and i met the whole like ultra running community which is such a vast difference from the road running community and i just completely fell in love with everybody and how like lovely and nice and wonderful everybody was. It was just a whole different world that you jumped into. Um, And so I just kind of started learning more and more and meeting more people and everybody was so welcoming. And then I just kind of got into more and more. And it was just the same thing. The more you do, the more you realize you can do um, which I'd never thought possible. Uh, It was just kind of fun to see, like just kind of keep pushing the limits and see what else you're capable of. It's just kind of fun to see what you can do. So it just kept getting longer and longer, ended up in the hundreds. And I really like the 100-mile races. They're really fun.
0: You know, they, they have such thing like 200-mile now. So I it... know. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I...
1: It's on my list.
0: <laughs> People are talking about 200-mile now. it's like uh, It blows my mind. But, but I heard that's all hiking. So it's not even running. you, you got to start. You know, you actually get to sleep literally yeah that's it's,
1: true it's, it's very different you hike a lot you actually sleep a lot it's a very <laughs> different kind of event <laughs> it's a
0: totally different time but definitely sounds like a 100 mile so you're stuck in 100 mile now how, how, how do you like the 100 mile versus I
1: think uh, it's my favorite distance by far it's just um, it's such a I don't know just like an adventure every time you go out you never know what's going to happen um, it's um, I don't know you can't really predict what what the day's going to hold when you go out for 100 miles um, it's just, it's like when you get done, the feeling of accomplishment and the feat that you just did is just, there's really no feeling like it. And so, I don't know, it's just really inspiring and it's fun to watch everybody else do it too. And everybody that's around the events, they're all so supportive and lovely. Um, I don't know. I've just never found like a community of people that all come together around one thing that's so ever been so supportive, um, and fun. So it's, I think it's definitely my favorite distance
0: definitely i i like a hundred mile or just to break myself to a thousand pieces and put them back together that's usually what i talk about you know yeah <laughs> how do you absolutely how do you break a person in 30 hours <laughs> and then and try to put them together it's just amazing so, yeah so
1: yeah you're definitely broken down uh to the bare bones uh, of everything i've bawled my eyes out uh plenty of times on the trail um <laughs> and it's you know i don't know it's how it's how you know you've accomplished something it's when you like Completely break down emotionally and physically, but then you still find a way to f- to figure out how to get it done.
0: Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's uh I have that was my last hundred miles. I was completely broke down and it's like two hours sleeping and put myself together and it ran as fast as I could. Last yeah. twenty twenty five miles. So So Ryan, what about you? We kinda of run in the same circuit, we kinda of know each other, but I never heard of your running journey.
2: Kind of similar. I uh, ran, in cross country, ran in cross country in high school, and then took a big long break, uh, probably for like ten years, and then decided I wanted to try running a half marathon. Um, and got in shape for really early. Like I think my training runs were over thirteen miles before I even ran it. And kind of just was like, all right, well, why don't I try doing a marathon? And then from there, I was like, I wonder what else I can do. And then got into the, the trail and ultra. Community because it was already pretty big here. I think I remember crewing Jonathan for, for Hodi and I was like, this is insane. I can't believe <laughs> we'll do this. And because, I mean, when you're, when, I remember. We were meeting him with, like, mile 65 on Penhody, and you just see, like, some of the worst people at that, at that marker.
1: <laughs> That's a rough mileage point in any 100.
0: Yeah, 60.
2: <laughs> and then uh, I think we did uh, SCAR together, which is just a stupid event. Try to do the entire AC that runs through the Smoky Mountains in one sitting. And um, I think that took us, like, 28 hours to do it. And then afterwards, he's like, you're ready to do 100. I was like, you're insane. <laughs> and I remember uh, toeing the line. That was like 2015 was the, my first one. And that was the year that Bob did the slam. And I remember talking to Bob at the starting line. Just being, like just I don't know, just thinking like, how did you do three of these in a year? <laughs>
0: uh, mm-hmm.
2: And then like not being able to walk for a few days afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, last year was like a year, like a really bad run year. had a lot of DNF. And then my wife and I were eating dinner. I was like talking about like big idea goals and like yeah one eventually i'd like to you know be good enough to go for this and how do you slam and he's like why don't you just do it and i was like well i wasn't expecting you to say yes so quickly So
0: she <laughs> was you enabler there
2: yeah and so uh signed up and then uh went out and did all three of them <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so that's that's a great story uh we have, uh, you have done some Lake Martin, I think, I remember running those together or, or same year, because I have done every one of them, so I guess. But Talking about running um, all this slime for you, Ryan, um, you said you had a bad year last year, so that was 2017, so coming back, how hard it was for you?
2: Really, uh, double top. What I think was the turnaround point, even though it was like the longest I've ever ran in time-wise. I think my finish was in the 36 hours, which I was not ready for. <laughs> but um, I think I came in and like Harry saw it on my face. His race director and was like, "You have plenty." Of-? He was like, "You have plenty of time, but you need to sit and eat." And then uh, my wife was there, crewing me the whole time, and she's like, "Like Ryan, you drop every race." At this point that you drop you're not doing this
0: <laughs> oh, yeah that's nice
2: yeah and so sat down and ate hung, like probably for like 30 minutes straight mm-hmm. and then got back out there on the trail and it was like but that half that same thing happened like three or four times during that race i know first race i took a nap on during do mm-hmm. um jonathan who faced me he's like i've never seen anybody look as bad as you did during a race <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that was, like, the turning point, though, like, all right, like, you can go pretty far down in suffering, and they'll pull out a finish, at these and then, like, okay. and then, like, for the rest of the year, I, I never had a bad race, and, I mean, I did H9 before I did Georgia Jewel, and then Georgia Jewel was, like, a terrible hot race. I think I was annoying the other runners by how happy I was to be out there, <laughs> and howdy like... I remember, like, talking to somebody at Pantodi at, like, mile 85. I was like, once you start moving, like, you'll feel much better. And they're like, I'm not moving. Like, they were, <laughs> they were saying that. I was like, all right, see you later. Well, uh, but, yeah, that was, like, one of the – I think that was the race that, like, broke – it's okay to quit spirit mm-hmm. in me.
0: So. so that's your turning round, turning point. Definitely. The reason I ask is uh, – 2018 has been my down year for me, so I'm trying to figure out how to come back. I'm just pacing a road marathon lately, so just to stay <laughs> stay in check. Uh, I have not signed up for or even think, thinking about running a big race yet, so that's good to know how you have turned around not only one, one race, just turned around the whole season for you. Probably if you had dropped out and double top, the whole year would have been turned to be uh, not yeah. good, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was like every problem that I've ever, that could happen during a race happened at Double Top. (laughs) I mean, except for getting (laughs) off. But, I mean, my knees went out. Um, I was uh, behind on nutrition the entire race. I mean, I was behind on caffeine. Like, it was like, food wouldn't stay down. It was just bad. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. this has very few finishers because of how tough it is. Um, I think it was either five or six finishers this year. Is that
1: right, five. Yeah, five, I think, finished.
0: That's interesting. So, five is, or Because of the, the terrain and the difficult and the weather, How, how is all of that all of above, or how does that work? Because it's 100-miler, correct?
1: It's 100-ish.
0: 100-ish. <laughs> I would say
1: it's definitely over 100. Thank you, Perry, for that. Um, I, think, I think the course is probably closer to like 106-ish or so, maybe, I managed to add another five or six miles to it because i got a little lost but uh i think the weather was perfect i don't know if you agree but ryan but i think the weather was lovely it was cool but not cold and not hot at any point uh, it's just the terrain the course itself is just a beast um and then i think the mental aspect of having five loops that you have to go through um you just do the same thing five times
0: you gotta do um, the same thing five times wow just,
1: yeah, which on one point it's like kind of nice because you know exactly what's coming, and then the downside is you know exactly what's coming,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: well, which is that power yeah. line section and um, all the big climbs and stuff. But um, so it's it's tough, I think, mentally to do loops, in my opinion. But I think the course itself is just the hardest part. It's just it's just straight up and straight down a lot of points.
0: For me, when I do Lake Martin, which is four loops, uh, every loop. Uh, once it gets dark it's a different loop than the one in the daytime but
1: that's true the, the dark helps change a little bit that is nice
2: <laughs> yeah
0: the morning it looks a little bit different because it's the morning but but definitely like you said you know exactly what it's like oh, okay i gotta climb that thing again so you know <laughs> but,
1: yeah, yeah i struggled a little on the second time up the big power line section um when i was coming down it i cried just a little bit because i just knew i had to do it three more times and i just didn't know if i could do it <laughs> i definitely had a few tears come out there
0: <laughs>
2: I think it was like my third time going up power line i just like sat down I yeah i want to take a break there i don't care if anybody comes by i just need to have a moment
1: I'm going to sit right here this feels great
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely maybe next time just carry some sleeping bag or something so so take a nap <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I did take a nap on, uh, sometime in the middle of the night, I took a nap on one of the water tables out in the middle of nowhere, because I was so sleepy and falling asleep running, um, and there's like, there's no aid station now, I forget even where it is, it's before you start the big, like, a climb back up to the Cool Springs aid station, um, there's a table, it's just water jugs out there, and I was so tired, I just laid across the table, and just took a nap right there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Artur section of that race has no aid station.
1: Yeah, it's just, that's true.
2: It's like okay. eight miles, but I, I think it could easily take you three or four hours to do those eight miles.
1: It's a long eight, eight miles. Yeah. And the races, um, you know, there's only like five finishers of a hundred and there's, um, there's other distances too, but there's just very few people on course. Um, and so you're just kind of out there alone. Um, I didn't see many people at all just the whole time I was out there for 30 plus hours. Um, so it's, it can be a very lonely course. Too, which can weigh on me mentally
0: definitely when you don't see anybody or talk to, i mean running a 100 mile is difficult itself and then of course like pinhody you have people coming in and out all the time but but those is real difficult i have felt that in lake martin but is i'm always passed by somebody and i'm passing somebody all the time but but definitely uh talk about the, this double top how, what's the cut of time
1: um, what is it? Thirty eight hours?
2: Yeah, it's like thirty eight or thirty nine. It has like, a weird start too. It starts at three a.m.
1: Yeah,
2: Saturday. Um, so you're not getting much sleep the night before. Yeah. Then...
1: No, I think I got up at I got up at one thirty. I think maybe to get ready.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like seven or eight on that Sunday night.
0: They might as yeah. well start at the Friday night. So, so you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's-
1: it, it definitely adds to your sleep deprivation just from the start. So yeah, yeah.
0: because like you said, you got to get up one o'clock, and uh, and then uh, people like from Alabama, it's uh, twelve thirty. So you know, it's just yeah. you, you're not getting no sleep. So yeah, yeah. So definitely, but sounds like really challenging and uh, interesting. I'll love to do it one day. So hopefully, I, I'm I get I get back and doing good doing slam. That's becoming one of my list to do. Let's keep talking about uh, this slam. Uh, uh, let's talk about the next race, the Jewel George Jewel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, t- tell us about uh, how's the Jewel uh, George Jewel. I think they have a different distance there too, correct?
1: They do. They yeah. have a fifty miler and like a thirty-five, and I want to say even a seventeen-ish, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's
2: correct. Okay. They just uh, got a new race directors. I want to say two years ago.
1: Uh, uh, they started. I think this was their third year of doing it, maybe. Third right? Okay. Yeah.
0: So tell us Um, about the course.
1: The course is definitely easier than Double Top, but it's got, it still is deceivingly hard. I think it doesn't get quite the credit that it deserves as far as toughness. Um, I forget what the total elevation gain is. Um, I think it's in the 20s. 26,000 range. It's just kind of... There's no big monster climbs like what you have in Double Top, but it's just kind of constant up and down. It's kind of my take on it. Um, So it's just kind of deceivingly hard. It's just kind of constantly climbing. Um, I think the hardest part of that race is the heat. It's in late September, and it was 95-plus degrees uh, all day when we were out there and super humid still. Um, So the heat adds a completely different element, which is like just... Crazy hard um, you know, for me. I think Georgia Jewel for me by far was the hardest of the three for sure.
0: Is it a point to point or, or is it a loop or what kind of course do you have?
1: Um, it's kind of an out and back. You go about 35 miles out and then there's two loops that you do to complete 50 miles. And so then you repeat those two loops before you head back for the last 35 miles back.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and um, I had some history with it because I did. I went out there last year and DNF after like 40 miles because of the heat. So this year I, I had a much better idea of what to expect. <laughs> Thinking <laughs> I run in, in Alabama all summer long, I can do 100 miles um,
0: in the heat in September.
2: So dumb thing in the world <heat laughs> <in laughs> <September. laughs> so right. to say to yourself, <laughs> but yeah, I ended up just uh, putting ice in my hat at every aid station. And then that kept me cool, like through the entire day. And those, that middle section that we're doing loops are, I had, I I thought those were probably the funnest part of the course. Cause you get to the, (laughs) like that 35 mile stretch that you're doing out and back is, you know, something like eight or 9,000 feet of elevation gain and loss. And so then you get to this like super flat area that you can just like, you don't have to hike anymore. You can just like run the entire way, which was a lot of fun. And the gauge station there was a really good one too.
1: Um, yeah, it was a great lead station, for sure. Um, I had a very different experience with it. I got to mile 35, and uh, the heat started getting to me, and those loops are a little bit more exposed um, to the sun. I started puking my guts up right around 35, 40 miles, and never stopped for, I mean, uh, I think about 40 miles or so. I didn't keep a single drop of fluids or calories down. Hmm. Uh, it all came right back up, so it made those very what was supposed to be very rentable nice miles um it made them very hard <laughs> uh, so i think it was mile 75 aid station i came in kind of like bawling my eyes out just uh i was ready to drop honestly in uh the the volunteers there uh i think bud was uh at the aid station there and he was amazing just kind of sat me down and asked me like why i was out here and why i was doing this whole thing and just like made me really evaluate what my goals were and um made me sit there and drink some Gatorade, and I got some mashed potatoes down, I think, and then I kept going. Um, but I don't think it was... If it wasn't for, like, the amazing volunteers there, I don't think I would have finished, for sure.
0: Definitely. It sounds like those volunteers always makes that difference, you know? So, I mean, you know, we, oh, have, yeah. we have great volunteers for all these trail races, you know, can't say enough about that. But definitely it sounds like, uh, yeah, you, I, I have gone through uh, about, uh, you know, <laughs> having a having a GI issue, puking, and all those, and, uh, on a 100 mile it's not a fun experience. Uh, I was mm-hmm. I was like you. I was last Lake Martin. I was I was ready to just drop, and then then just like I said, that that was just enough. i know mean, you know just long hours of not eating and then just not able to hold anything it's not a fun experience but but that's how you run that's why you run 100 try to figure out how to that's what i said earlier try to put yourself back together
1: (laughs) exactly yeah see what see what you're made of see what you can actually really do so if you you know if you never really feel tested then how do you know that you accomplished anything so yeah it was a good test (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it apparently looks like you you kept going and finished that one too so so managed
1: to finish yes
0: what about you Randy? Did, did you have any other experience it sounds like a your training finally kicked off and trying to just uh...
2: yeah i mean yeah i was uh i had that exact experience in 2017 so i went out there to do the 100 and i was it was totally i was not ready for it at all <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um but yeah, this year uh, I think I had a different mindset going into it. I mean, there were so many people I passed that were walking all the exposed sections, and for me, I was like, I need to get out of this exposed section, exposed section as fast as possible. And so I was trying to run those and get to the aid station, so then I could be in like the shade and then run the next section again. Um, but yeah, the, the the ending to that race is probably one of the tougher finishes.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Because you're just going uphill forever <laughs> and, <laughs> ever. It's not, and it's like super rocky technical uphill too it's like you're never getting like a sheer sure footing and then you have like this crazy downhill to like one of the last aid stations that's like my legs are so weak at that point I was like if I start to slip I'm just going to fall down the hill there's no way
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah it definitely like it definitely needs to be up there with like one of the more tougher races in the south that I don't think people realize how bad, how hard it is.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it it doesn't quite get the credit that it deserves.
0: Uh, but in those uh, those races, do you guys use uh, hiking poles in in any of these two races? First two uh, uh Slam races, double double top or or the Jules race?
1: I did not. I don't like to have anything in my hands um, for a long time, so I did not. No.
2: Um, I used mine for a good bit of double top because. I think I twisted my knee on the first downhill, <laughs> like
1: oh no, <laughs> not
2: not towards the leg, but the one that's on the back end where it's like all rocky, mm. um, and, cause we were going down it in the dark and it was big boulders that you're running across. But, yeah. um, uh, and then I took them with me when I left the, the dry creek aid station at Georgia Jewel, but I didn't, I'll probably only use them for maybe an hour, but my vest it's really easy to put them in the back of my vest and not think about them anymore so um it wasn't really a big issue to like take them with me if I had to but I didn't I didn't take them at all for Pintody.
0: Definitely I mean yeah I see people using it and I have never used it I'm I'm kind of borderline between I want to buy one versus do I need one kind of thing <laughs> I was like well, I want to spend $150 for things that I may not use or something so so that's usually I'm asking this question lately because I want to see uh, also, I was going to ask you guys, um, what about the headlamps uh, situation? You know, you run a so long race. Uh, did you have any problem? You kept an extra battery, or you have your, your headlamps are good enough to keep the battery on? You know, mine lasts about four hours. Good four hours. After that, it started going dim on me. So, well,
1: I have this great headlamp. Um, it's I forget even what it's called, but it's from the Opportunity Center that so they offer. I think one of the East Coast pages offered it at some point uh it's cheap it's only like 30 bucks and it's super crazy bright i use it on like the low setting and it's still crazy bright and it has never not lasted me all night long on one charge um, it's like a rechargeable battery you, you can get replacements for but um it's always lasted all night it's waterproof it's been in the rain it's great i love it i'll have to find out the name for you <laughs>
0: yeah uh, i think uh a uh, run uh had that one, I think, at the Opportunity Center, Steve Miles. Yeah,
1: I think it's the same one,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the, yeah, I have seen that, uh, like a thousand lumens or something like that, so <laughs> that can light up that trail, so.
1: It lights it up, for sure, <laughs> uh, and it always lasts all night long, so it's it's definitely reliable. I've, um, I always carry, like, a, a spare just in case, but I've never had to use it.
2: Yeah, I really don't even know what mine's called, um, but I've never had any. Um, it usually lasts about six hours on a fresh charge. And then I always have a backup and carry batteries with me. But um, I usually, I mean, even double top was probably the most darkness that I ran mm-hmm. through. Started at three, the sun came up at like seven. And then we, had to, then we also had to run the, the next entire night through. But I mean, even just changing batteries one time at that race was enough. Like I got two sets of batteries for that whole race, but I usually carry a backup.
0: Yeah, definitely the three battery uh, headlamps. They they can start well, but yeah, it's it's a yeah, one of those things that we always talk about running hundred mile or you know having a good headlamp. You know, yeah. <laughs> can be a deal breaker. But definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's keep moving forward. An hour talk about this uh, uh, Pinhoti Slam. Uh, between actually running the the jewel Georgia jewel and then uh, and running Pinhori this uh, Ryan you said six weeks correct I have seen people there sometimes it's five weeks five to six weeks uh, I think that's the most difficult part of running this slam correct is that how you guys felt between getting recovery from the the jewel and getting ready for for Pinhody, you know how, how 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 what did you guys do for that
2: I mean yeah it was a weird <laughs> thing to do to so like I mean, because most of them from 100, I would do like a, I would in my head think, okay, I got a two to three week recovery period. But then like when you hit that point of, I feel recovered and you're getting antsy to run again, you're like, well, I have to rein it in because I have a big race coming up. I can't go out and run like a 60 mile week this week when I really want to. (laughs) So it was like, kind of like you recover and then you, right when you actually get recovered, you start tapering again. So it was like a, a weird period. I think right I have the same experience of like, well, I'm just going to go out for a run, one, one run a week. And then that's about all, all I'm going to do to not to overdo it.
1: Yeah, it was a weird balance between recovering, but still staying in shape, but then tapering. I was like, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. I'm just going to run a little bit. I didn't do any, I don't think I did anything super big in that time. Just enough to like maintain and feel like I was still a runner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I go through those kind of periods where I have to run back-to-back marathons or uh, ultra marathons, and I'm between marathons and ultra marathons. I'm always like uh, trying to figure out where I'm supposed to do, how far I'm supposed to go. I think that's where you guys, when you you're about to run, you're you're doing the hundred mile, or versus I'm doing a marathon. Like uh, right before Thanksgiving, and I'm about to go pace this weekend at uh, Dallas. So it's like I have not logged more than eleven miles. So it's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> what I'm doing here. Like you say, learn, because am I, am I, have I run far, far enough to, what do you call, uh, run in the marathon or not, I guess. I don't know if you guys felt that way.
1: Yeah, it was definitely, it was a weird time. So, uh, it's, a, it's a quick turnaround, but it's just long enough to be make it, you know, make you not sure what you're supposed to do in the meantime.
0: Yeah. So, so in, in that one, really, uh, because uh, I have not met too many people who does... Uh, hundred mile or within six weeks uh, I know uh, Susan Dunley, says she, she does a lot of those but uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was in
1: she does them like every
0: weekend <laughs> yeah, every weekend <laughs> him runs one of my podcasts and it's amazing to listen to what she does but but uh, not not many of us we do that uh, I mean you guys just briefly talked about talk more a little bit uh give us a little bit more idea how how really what it took you guys to kind of, even not only have a, uh, you know, recovery, but just to have the mental now is like, oh, I got to do that hundred mile again kind of thing. And the Pinhoti is not that easy to do it anyway. Even once a year, you know, I have a hard time to line up. So six weeks to line up again for Pinhoti. Was there any, any time you thinking, well, we said, yeah, am I'm, I'm, am I going to do this or not? Or was there any doubt or anything like that? That's we wanted to hear that
1: definitely no doubt I was was like once you get two of the three down you have to get that third one you know um so there was definitely no doubt that I would get like wind up and uh, go for it um honestly for me I was feeling kind of down about my performance at the Georgia Jewel because I was puking so much that I didn't really get to run a whole lot or enjoy the experience very much um and so I was actually really looking forward to running again um and I was Excited that the weather was going to be a lot better and that I would actually get to just run and race and do what you're supposed to do. Um, I feel like it was Pinhody was kind of a redemption run for me after the Jewel, just because um, I struggled so much in that race. So I was honestly just really looking forward to racing again um, so quickly, just so I could feel better about the fact that my training was better than I than I like felt like I performed at the previous race. So. I was excited to race again. I was looking forward to it.
2: I think maybe two or three weeks after to ritual, I was like, I'm ready for ben I mean, I was in my head thinking like, I can, I feel ready to run again and I'm ready to like, just go ahead and finish this thing off. Kind of like antsy to get out there, um, which was a really good feeling. I probably, uh, just from talking to people, it's like, if you're antsy to get to the starting line, that probably means you're in a good position.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you're ready to go.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And It uh, looks like I uh, listened to two of you about this uh, running first two two races on the slam running coming to Pinhoti. It looks like the uh, weather was great and uh, and the terrain is not as uh, as challenging. I mean, Pinhoti has its own challenge, but it's not as challenging as a as a first two, correct?
1: Right. I think so yeah, mm-hmm. and the weather could not have been any any better at Pinhoti. It was an ideal, perfect day.
2: Yeah, it was. Amazing to
1: get that for one race. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 guys caught the perfect uh, race uh, to run for Pinhoti this year. Uh, Weather well, was perfect. Uh, last year when I ran Pinhoti, it was hot and <laughs> it was like it got hot and it got hotter at night. So so this year it was it was cold. It was up and um uh, because I paced uh, paced the forty five miles on the on the trail starting from Adams to finish. So. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it got cold up in the up of the res. So my runner got really cold and both of us got sleepy as running. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> but tell us about your Pinhoti experience. Now you're lined up. How? I mean, you know, you, you're ready to start, finish this thing, uh, but still you got to go that distance. Was there any, any anything showed up? Uh, you're, you know, you, you know, you're running. You just ran a hundred. Now you're going, you're about to run another hundred. Anything, you know, anything wise, like, you know, mile 30, mile 40, you know, like, man, this is kicking it again. So anything like that, uh, any experience like that you all had?
1: I personally had, I think, my best 100-mile experience I've ever had. It was like, uh, well, getting to the start line was a different story. But once I started the race, it all kind of came together. I just kept feeling good. And uh, the weather was so great. It really helped out. Um, I was just really having a blast. Just really enjoying the trails, enjoying the day. Um, And I just never really had that low point that you typically kind of find. Um, I think I was, like, happy and positive. Felt good the whole day. It was just one of those rare, I think, unique instances where you just make it a whole hundred miles and just have a good time the whole time. I really enjoyed the race a lot. Uh,
2: I don't know if I really hit a low spot, but I definitely had, like, started resetting the goals in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, my first first goal was to try to, like, run as fast as, the fastest hundred I've ever done, which I think was, I think it was my fastest before that was like a 27:40, and then, but like around I think mile 15 was when I was like, all right, this is farther than any of my recovery runs, and that's when my body started like letting me know that, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like most of my knees just started going out, which I wasn't surprised. I knew they were going to cause me problems. Uh, and then I think around, yeah, by the time I got the Chiha I was, I wasn't moving very fast but I ended up just kind of changing shoes and clothes. And then my wife brought me a veggie burger and then I went down, blue hell. And then I was like, I'm going to try running a little bit. And then from then on, like it just clicked and it was like, nothing hurt. It was like, my knees just decided to stop hurting for the re- remainder of the race. Um, and I just, and I don't think I stopped running for almost the entire race after that point. It was Like one of the best experiences I've had running 100 miles.
0: That's a great story. You did finish well, correct, Ryan?
2: Yeah, yeah. I finished just, uh, I think, 26 hours and 18 minutes, which was my best, and which is crazy considering it was like six weeks after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Lauren, you had an awesome day too, which is crazy to be finishing fast after not having much recovery done. Yeah,
1: it surprised me for sure. I, I couldn't believe it. I I like just kept running and I kept feeling okay. And I kept thinking I'm going to blow up. And I was like, but I still feel great. So I just kept pushing because I feel like I still had it. Um, so I definitely, I mean, for me too, it was my fastest 100 that I've done. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really great day. Um, just have nothing but amazing, wonderful memories. <laughs> <laughs> to say about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, after a horrible experience at uh, Jewel, sounds like this is just kind of redemption run for you. So,
1: yeah, it was definitely a redemption run for me, uh, and it definitely served all of that. So it was it was a really just a really great day. I really enjoyed it.
0: And also, you you are now that you hold a record for female records for a pin slam. That's what I heard. Is that correct?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> congratulations for that. Thank so, you. So you know it's. It didn't come easy, I guess. That's a uh, that's the moral story here. So it sounded like now looking back, like oh yeah, but look at how how hard you had to work to get to that. And uh, but but looks like uh, those uh, two races kind of prepare for the third one. I guess uh, sounds like for both of you, correct?
1: Yeah, I think so. It was like get the hardest ones out of the way first, and then have your victory lap at Finoty. You know, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's exactly what Bob Waters told me. I think second or third
0: aid station, he saw me, and he was like, get it done. This is your victory lap. So um, is this the most 100-mile you have done in a year? Or have you guys, Lauren, have you done more than three in a year? Or Uh, how many hundreds have you done?
1: I've only done six. Okay. Um, And so this was definitely the most I've done in a year. So this is my biggest year for sure. So I'm really happy with it.
2: Yeah, same here. This is the first time I've done more than
1: one
0: in a year. So went from doing one to three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <A> big jump. <laughs> yeah, do, it, do it while you're young and your family allows. My, my family is kind of against me for me to go do 100 because I I suffer too much. But I tell them, it's like, that's why I run 100. That's what I kept on telling. Me. But anyway, so they don't understand. But but I will, I'll go jump off and do three in a year, so five maybe. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I want to have done only uh, two a year, so I have done two. I have done up to s- I have done seven so far. But but I think uh, my first 100 was like what you described, Lauren. as your pin honey It's just like that was the best experience I ever had, and I was only. Was your first run,
1: one. That's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was only supposed sort to of run 50 miles that day. So oh wow. So that's a different story. But but definitely, um, but sounds like uh, you guys had a really great experience running. Running and then the slam. Uh, so looking back, uh, uh, doing the slam and uh, having this experience, what do you got out of it? I mean, you know, doing this, you 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 have to have a, a goal and settings and doing this and you know signing up for one race to the next. What do you think you you got got out of it? Do you think you are stronger-minded uh, runners now, 100 miler, or set you up more to do more in the future? How does that work now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I feel um, a lot stronger. I think I've gained a lot of confidence in my abilities to run a hundred miles this year because it's always you never know what can happen in a hundred. I've definitely had some terrible hundreds um, that have been not gone well. Um, And so I think the more you do, the more you realize um, what your body's capable of, Um, and the more you can trust that you are capable of it when you line up to do it again. So I think for me, it's just been a really confidence boosting year. So just to know that you can you can push hard, um, and you aren't necessarily going to blow up, um, but you can push hard and keep going and see what see what you can do. Yeah, I think that's what I took away from it. It's just that you can do more than you think you can.
2: Yeah, I think I, uh, for me, it was kind of confidence too, and and maybe even like a redefinition of pain. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I mean, because you know. You, I've dropped from so many races before this year that I was not in anywhere near the pain I was during some of these races, but it was never anything that was like, this is worth dropping. I don't know. Like, um, dropping was never really a thought for any, any of the races, even though I went through some pretty low points. And I think that it was just a, like a shifting in mindset of like, this is. I think by the time I got to mind up for Pinhody 100, I was like, I run 100 miles and this is what I do. Like, I mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. uh, it was more of like, it, was, it used to be like a question of like, I don't know what's going to happen today. I may end up like and not becoming weird, anywhere close, and, but to the point where lining up for Penhody was like, this was just like a, I was still like a formality, like, all right, let's get this thing done. you know, three in a year sounded crazy. And then now I'm like putting a calendar together for next year. And I'm like, are going to do three again next year? Or try to
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that, that was my follow up question that do you do with this Kind of thing again. You do uh repeat like a month after uh, running, or six weeks after running 100, run the next one, or would you like to spread out a little bit more, find a b- better weather? Sounds. It uh, sounds like that's what you're, you're all thinking. Find a better weather or, or better different terrains. What What is the thought now?
2: Um, for me, I, I think I'd like to spread them out, um, make it more enjoyable for like training for them. But I do get antsy when I'm only running like once a week, so. I'm going to try to do. I'm in the lottery right now, also for the Angels Press, which is in early August. Then I could also set up something for like late like fall if I wanted to. But like I said, that's all up to lotteries right now. I'm
1: kind of waiting. Waiting on lotteries as well. I, um, I went in for Western States again and didn't get in. I don't think anyone in Georgia got in. And then I'm in the Leadville lottery as well. So I'm kind of really holding out hope for that one. If I get in Leadville, I'm kind of tossing the idea around of doing the Grand Slam of ultra-running, um, which is uh, you have to do like 400-mile races all like, during the summer. So it starts out with like Old Dominion in June. Um, and then it be either Western States or Leadville. Um, and then Vermont and Wasatch. And so if I can get in the the lottery for Leadville, that's my plan. If not, I'm going to reassess and we'll see. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm still in the lottery for Wasatch, which would be a really fun race to do. And then my original plan for the year was to do the Fat Dog 120. So if I don't make the lottery, that's probably my backup plan is Fat Dog.
0: Just keep running. Uh, talk about that, not having a Georgia folks in uh, Western State. We didn't have Alabama folks last year, so... I think we have quite a few this year going in, so. Nice, so, Good. <laughs> and, You know, quite a few, means at say three or four at least this year, so. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. There's no hope out there.
0: Yeah, one year we had a five from our local community. I mean, that was early, we're talking four or five years ago, we had like five people from our butts group went to run the. Oh, wow. It was, it's uh something just impossible happened that year so anyway yeah so it was early too you know when when there was less lottery i guess that one ticket will get you in so, oh, so yeah. you know, anyway so so sounds like a, you guys have full calendar uh looking looking ahead so uh, hopefully i can run some something i think i'm gonna is the uh, is uh, ladville uh, lottery closed now or is it still open or just started how did that work
1: it just started, so I think it's still open for this week. I'm not positive, but I feel like it's open this week. And then the lottery's drawn in like uh, mid January.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> put my name. I didn't put it in my name last year. I think I'm I'm ready. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've done it twice and haven't got in yet. So hopefully, uh, third time's the charm.
0: <laughs> Leadville is out and <laughs> out and back course, correct? Uh, so it's like a correct. Say, yeah, uh,
1: fifty out, fifty back. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you gotta go climb the same mountain. I've I, I've watched some videos out there. But um, but yeah, that'll be interesting. So so it sounds uh, sounds like a lot of a lot of planning, and you 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 guys have built the confidence to run the hundred miler going forward. Uh, that's great to hear, and uh, and uh, having that in our community, voices like you guys have that in and teaching us how to do this kind of thing, you know, even though, I mean, I have run a lot of 100 mile, but still there's, I'm still learning a lot different things and everybody kind of performed uh, different as as they run 100 and we all have different experience. So, so that's great to know. Lauren and Ryan, we, we had a great conversation about your experience running a Pinhoti slams this 2018. Uh, sounds like it was a great experience. Uh, you guys went from uh, running difficult course and uh, sticking with that uh, from from double top to all the way to Pinhoti. And uh, just uh, before we close this interview, I just want you all to give a word of words of advice to all the listeners. Just kind of stick with your plan and uh, continue not to give up. And uh, run even if it's a difficult time, especially running hundred miles, or, and just stick with your plan. Continue move and finish one race, and do do next race and the next. So, so give us a word of advice to not to never give up and uh, keep your hope alive and uh, run those hundreds.
1: Um, I would just say I think it's something that's hard to learn. Learn comes with experience, but you can do a lot more than you think you can. Um, your body's capable of a lot more than you would ever imagine, um, and so just kind of. Learn to trust that. And uh, the more experience you have, I think the more confidence you build in that. But don't let a down moment or a down time, like, ruin your race. There'll be ups and downs, but there's nothing like that up that comes after the terrible down. Um, and there's no feeling quite like that. So just ride it out and know that the the up wave is coming and you'll feel great. And there's no feeling like uh, battling through a really hard time when you really don't want to be there and you really want to quit. But if you outlast that feeling in that moment, the actual finish feels great. Um, I don't know what else to compare it to. It's a really great feeling and it's worth it. It's worth fighting for, for sure.
2: Yeah, um, running 100 miles you hit probably the lowest points you'll ever hit (laughs) running can really make you question your life choices. But (laughs) after DNFing multiple races, there's no worse feeling than looking back at a race that you couldn't finish and we often say listen to your body when you're doing training but most of the time your body's trying to tell you to stop because it thinks you're crazy and I mean in the, most of the time it's just like an overuse injury kind of thing or an upset stomach that you can definitely ride out to get to a finish line which makes it worth worth it at the end um, I mean holding that buckle at a finish line is, I don't know yeah it's yeah. You know, I don't think there are words to describe that
0: feeling. Sounds like great word of, words of advice, guys. Uh, it was a great pleasure to talk to both of you. Congratulations for finishing your uh, Pinhody, Pinhody Slam, all three Pinhody races, Pinhody Trail races, uh, Double Top, Georgia Jewels, and uh, Pinhody 100. So looking forward to hearing more of your stories in coming days, and uh, thanks for your time. All right. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emirates Podcast. Please visit emruns.com to listen to our previous podcast episodes, links to our social media channels, get raised photos, get discount codes, and more.